Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. So we are back. The gang is all here. Hey, gang. Hi. Josh is back with us. You're back with us. I'm, I'm back. back with us. Kind of back. We've got <laughs> spirits with us, I'm sure. Hello, spirits. I am doing uh, Haunted Lakes. And I've chosen a couple interesting lake stories that I think you guys will all like quite a bit. Lakes um, are spooky. Lakes can be spooky. As it turns out, there's some creep factor going on in the lakes uh, throughout the United States. And I'm, I'm sure lakes throughout the world. Um, but the ones I chose uh, are actually just here in the U.S. of A. So we're going to kick this off with Lake Crescent. Whoa, whoa. Coming wow. in at number one, Lake Crescent, Washington it... State. Yes. Yeah. Welcome, Lake Crescent. Hello, Lake Crescent. Come oh, on down. Pull, come on down. Prize. Get your award. Congratulations. Nicely done. Lake Crescent is Washington State's second deepest lake, and it's at 624 feet deep. It sits at the northern end of the Olympic Peninsula, and it's south of the Strait of Juan de Fuca. And the Strait of Juan de Fuca is a body of water in which the Salish Sea, which kind of goes through all those San Juan Islands up in there, mm -hmm. up in that corner of Washington State, where that little sea meets the Pacific Ocean and divides the state of Washington from the country of Canada. Lake Crescent was formed during the Ice Age, and it was believed that Lake Crescent was actually connected originally to Lake Sutherland, which is nearby. However, the Native Americans in the area say that the two lakes were actually separated when Mount Storm King, which is a mountain that sits on the southern end of the lakes, was angry with the Native Americans because the Clallam and Quillette tribes were fighting with each other, causing a big ruckus. So the mountain dislodged a rock from its peak that descended upon the warring tribes, killing everyone that was caught up in the battle. The rocks also created a dam between the two lakes, cutting Lake Crescent off from certain plant nutrients like nitrogen and phosphorus and creating a crystal clear lake shaped like a crescent moon. Scientists have confirmed that there does appear to have been a massive landslide about 8,000 years ago, separating the two lakes apart. So it's kind of interesting. And... I was talking to The Rock about this because he grew up in that area and he's very familiar with it. And he believes that he remembers hearing, and I think I did read this too, that there is possibly still like a little undercurrent tunnel between the two lakes. Oh, wow. It's not all the way, but there's a little bit of a, you know, so they mm -hmm. are kind of connected. Besides just being a beautiful Lake Carol, Lake Crescent holds many secrets. And one secret is it likes to collect cars. 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 Yes. There have been many car accidents in and around the lake, and many cars have been discovered in the water. Some of these wrecks, the authorities are already aware of the cars being down there, but some of the wrecks, they are not. They're not sure who the car belongs to or what's going on. Oh, wow. And typically, when they go down there and find these wrecks, there are no bodies inside the cars. 
One accident happened in 1929 when a young couple named Russell and Blanche Warren were returning home. They turned a corner by the lake and they just disappeared. And it wasn't until 2002, 73 years later, when their car was discovered just off a point in the lake called Ambulance Point, which I'll explain its name here in a minute. Uh, the two had missed their turn and ended up in the lake and their bodies were not found within the car. But I did read someplace that the bodies were found on the floor bed or of the of the lake near the car. So, yeah. Is it a treacherous road right I around there? I guess. It sounds like like. I guess. Maybe okay. if it's icy and then they just lose control. Mm -hmm. In 1956, there was an ambulance carrying an injured lumberback also careened off that same point. Uh, the driver and the paramedic were able to escape, but the lumberjack drowned in the crash. Uh, that is why they call that point Ambulance Point. But on the maps, it's actually called Meldrum Point. Meldrum. Meldrum. M-E-L-D-R-I-M. I believe that's what I was able to uh, discern with my so research. So Ambulance Point's just like a nickname over time people have given Because it. the ambulance went off the point there. Right. And that's where a lot of car crashes are found is kind of in that area. Makes so sense. it's a bad corner. Um, so in 1936, there was a young woman named Hallie Latham, and she got a job working at a local pub in the Lake Crescent area. She actually met and married a man named Monty Illingworth, who worked as a beer truck driver. But unfortunately, Carol, their union was not a happy one, and rumors of domestic abuse plagued the couple. Haley would show up to work with bruises on her body, and the police were actually called to their residence for fighting. Uh, so this was going on for some time. Then on one cold day in December of 1937, Haley disappeared. Monty told everyone that she had took off with a sailor from Alaska and he had no idea where they had gone. <laughs> sure, Monty. Soon after, he too met a new woman and he moved with her to California. Oh, coincidentally. Yeah. Monty was officially granted a divorce from Haley in 1938. However, many of Haley's relatives thought this was rather strange as Haley had never reached back out to any of them to update them on her new life. Nonetheless, they could not prove their suspicions of foul play. Then, in July of 1940, two trout fishermen on their boat in Lake Crescent happened to capture something unusual in their fishing lines. It was not a fish. They pulled out the remains of what appeared to be a body. The body looked like a mannequin. It had no odor, and it weighed much less than you would expect it to. It was about five feet long. It was wrapped in a gray blanket and tied up with rope. But because of the lack of nitrogen and phosphorus in the water, the body had not decomposed, but instead it had turned to soap. Oh, <laughs> yes. okay. Um, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so, I wasn't prepared to hear that. It's the, soap? Soap. The body turned to soap. Uh, due to the unique properties in the lake and the lack of nitrogen and such, the process of saponification in which tissue like skin can be converted to soap had occurred. Yeah. I, can we just make that a thing where we all turn into soap? Uh, I'd like to feel instead of being cremated clean and <laughs> fresh. Uh, if you want, I will throw I your body like into Irish... Lake Crescent upon your yeah. death and let you be soap. Can I be Irish Spring I soap? Can't see why not. It smells really good. Yeah, Sudsy said Suds. Suds. It's a plan. Yeah, the body was a female, and her face and fingertips had melted away during the saponification process, so they were not sure who she was at first. But her skin had become so gelled, 
she was incredibly slippery. So much so, she eventually was able to slip through the ropes, weighing her down at the bottom of the lake, and float to the surface of the water. Oh, Talk okay. about badass revenge, right? Yes. She was going to be found. Yes. The lake had also preserved the rings of purple around the girl's neck, showing how she was killed. Uh, since her face and fingertips were gone, they turned to her dental work to identify her. They found a dental plate in her mouth, and after checking around with many local dentists, they were able to make a confirmed identification. The body was that of Haley Illingworth. I also read, too, at one point that um, they were able to take their hand and just scoop the this, this flesh off of her face because it was so, like, just pudding essentially they were just able to scrape it right off that's really gross Holly. i just thought you would like to know that visual in october 1941 haley's husband monty illingworth was arrested and taken into custody for the murder of his wife his trial began the following february monty pled not guilty and suggested that the slippery corpse pulled out of the lake was not haley at all however once the dentist was able to explain how her dental plate that was fed on the mouth of the corpse could only belong to Haley Illingworth, the jury was heavily swayed. Mm -hmm. They also found that the rope used to tie her up matched the fibers of a rope that Monty had in his possession. This was enough to convict Monty Illingworth of the murder of his wife. He was found guilty of second-degree murder and given a life sentence. However, he only served nine years and was paroled after that. Since the death of Haley Illingworth, many people have reported seeing a woman dressed in a long coat, sopping wet, and standing by the shoreline to the lake. When people approach her and call out, do you need help? She starts screaming. No one is ever able to get very close to her before she disappears. There's also a pitch black railroad tunnel near the lake, and people who walk through it say they hear a woman crying behind them, or they may see her outline shivering wet and shaking. In the so do they think it's this um, spirit of yes. the woman that was murdered? That's the uh, that's the assumption. Spirits. Okay. Yeah, that's the assumption that it's that's Haley. Sad. Yeah. So in addition to the mystery of Haley Illingworth, serial killer Israel Keys admitted to officers that he had dumped a body in Lake Crescent and weighed it down with an anchor. As far as I know, that body was never recovered. Israel Keys, of course, is a notorious serial killer who had at least 11 or more victims. He had murdered a barista in Alaska and then sewed her eyes open, took a photo of her next to a current newspaper, and demanded a ransom. That's how fucked up he was. He was eventually caught in Texas and then sent to Alaska to answer for her murder, but wound up committing suicide in jail while awaiting trial. A pathologist in Tacoma believes that Lake Crescent has many more bodies in its grasp and that those bodies have most likely turned to soap. He believes that anywhere from 50 to 100 bodies are down there, probably from old car wrecks or maybe even killers. Another Kulet native said that her grandfather taught her that the mists that you see hanging over the lake are the remains of spirits of people who have died. Their good parts have moved on, but their anger still resides at the lake in the form of the mist. They say sometimes they can see the spirits of the people who have died there. So that is Lake Crescent up in Washington State. Yeah, I've never seen that lake. Have you? Um, I have not, but they do have a haunted hike you can take around the lake. And see various points. And I thought How that'd be kind fun. of fun to do that. Yeah. That would. That would be. Uh, lake Marina is my next lake. It sits about 60 miles southeast of San Diego in California. 
It was a man-made lake built as part of a reservoir system in 1912 that reserved water for the residents of the city. However, when initially built, it did not fill due to drought. So the city of San Diego hired a man named Charles Hatfield to help. Charles Hatfield claimed he could make the reservoir fill by making it rain. He also said he would not be paid unless he was successful. So with nothing to lose, the city let Charles Hatfield go to work. He headed to the woods where he built a 20-foot tower close to the reservoir. He then put his rain-making chemical concoction into pans atop the tower and waited for the rain to blow in. And boy, did it ever. Only 10 nights after his experiment began, it started to rain. The rain started out as a sprinkle on New Year's Day, but over the next few weeks, it rained harder and harder. The San Diego River swelled up and overflowed. Landslides plagued the area. Oh, wow. Floods took out homes, roads, telephone lines, etc. That's some spell. I know. What was his chemical concoction? He took it to the grave. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's not cool. I know. After a brief break in the rain, Hatfield told the city of San Diego, you ain't seen nothing yet. He told them more rain was coming. The rains came back and became so hazardous that the lower Ote Reservoir collapsed and a 40-foot wall of water swooped down all the way to the coastline, taking with it at least a dozen people. And by the time Hatfield was done, almost 30 inches of rain had fallen in San Diego County within the month of January of 1916. This month happens to be the wettest month ever recorded in the history of that county. At least 50 people died during the flood. This, per Hatfield's promise, is how Lake Marina was able to fill her banks. That's an amazing story. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? It doesn't even sound true, but uh, it is, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there's links to the articles to talk about it. Wow. Yeah. So it is believed the spirits of those who were killed in the floods still haunt the lake. Cold spots, orbs, apparitions, and the like have been spotted at Lake Marina. Um, there's a staple ghost, the woman in white, has also been seen at the lake crying or laughing in the woods nearby. There's also another kind of creepy ghost story around this lake. Um, There was a girl named Millie who was the daughter of a very abusive woman. And the story goes that Millie's mother murdered the daughter by cutting her mouth open from ear to ear like the Joker's grin. No, that is awful. That's the story. She dumped Millie's body in the woods near the reservoir. People claim to have seen Millie. She has bright blonde hair and a blood splattered dress with her extra long and terrifying smile. It is also believed that Millie has murdered campers near the lake. But, of course, that's going to be an urban legend. Of course. What a creepy visual, right? Yeah. I think if you, like, knew that story and you went camping there. It would be really creepy. It would be very scary to stay there. very scary. Like, are we going to see Millie? Yeah. Is Millie coming for you? And then, finally, my last uh, haunted lake. And I hope I don't butcher the name here. But it's Lake Ronkonkoma. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's correct. Lake Ronkonkoma. And for those of you who aren't sure I'm saying that right, it's R-O-N-K-O-N-K-O-M-A, is a lake in Long Island, New York, and it is said to be very haunted. The story goes that a Native American girl who lived with her tribe close to the lake fell in love with a European settler. Her father would not allow them to be together, so the two lovers courted secretly for years. But finally, the young girl could take it no more. She rode a canoe to the middle of the lake where she stabbed herself to death. Oh, wow. The canoe eventually floated to the other side of the lake where her lover lived. He found her body, and in dismay, he killed himself. 
It is said that the girl still haunts the lake, and every year she takes the life of one male in a quest to find her lost love. There had been over 160 drownings in the lake, with only three victims being women. Whoa. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Now, that is one piece of research that said that. Now, other pieces of research have said that's not true, but let's go with that for the sake of the story because it sounds it's really cool. Because it's very cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. A man named David Ignory said when he was swimming in the lake years before, he got to the side of the lake the girl supposedly lives in, the Native American girl. He said he was picked up and thrown back in the water, making him a believer in the legend. <laughs> so there was some little area that he said that's where, you know, and he said as he was swimming through it, he started realizing that he wasn't moving forward. He was just swimming in place. And all of a sudden he felt himself get picked up and thrown back in the lake. That is so strange. Yeah. And it is also believed that there are many bodies of people who have died in the lake that have not been recovered and still lay in its depths. Another good reason to avoid swimming there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like swimming in lakes just for that. Like you can't see you the bottom. You don't know what's down there. It's very creepy. So anyway, exactly. those are some haunted lakes for you guys to go camping by next summer and then report back what you experience. Oh, those were so fun. Kind of cool, huh? Excellent. Thank Excellent you. work, Holly. Thank you so much, Carol. What do you have for us today? Well, you know, you you had an episode recently where you talked about a few Airbnb properties yes. for rent. Yes, I did. And houses for sale that Yay. are sure to set the Halloween mood. Yep. Well, this week, I'm going to be sharing haunted and horrifying Airbnb stories also that I found by people posting their experiences online. I cannot wait. You had mentioned when we recorded that one episode, you were working on this, and I'm like, that's going to be good. I can very excited for this. <laughs> well, great. So the first story I found was shared on um, community.withairbnb.com. Uh, they actually have people writing their experiences on there. Laura, 2592 in Frederick, Maryland, tells this story of her staying in an Airbnb with her family during October at an old farmhouse. Cool. She described it being situated on a secluded road. And during this time of year with early darkness, when they arrived at 9 p.m., they could see lights left on by the host inside. So when they arrived, they felt like someone was still there, perhaps a cleaner working because their dog, who they had with them, hung way back and he was acting really cautious about entering the home. After doing a thorough walkthrough and realizing the home was empty, they settled in watching movies. But the dog was still restless and would not lie down in his little doggy bed. The dog just kept wanting to go outside. Eventually, though, they all went to bed and were sound asleep when about 2.30 or 3 a.m., a light woke them up from their closet. Laura describes the light as upholstering type, so it was weird how it got turned on. The dog at the same time started barking and trying to get at something under the bed, thinking it might be rats and looking around thoroughly, you know, under the bed, through the room, and finding nothing. They all just gave up and eventually went back to sleep. But their dog kept growling low all throughout the night. Isn't that crazy? It is creepy. Which she comments is very unusual behavior for the dog. Huh. Now, Laura's husband the next morning just says to her, you know, I thought I saw you in the closet when the light went on. 
But then I realized you were sound asleep next to me. Oh, yeah, no. That's kind of <laughs> reminds you of your experience yeah, that you had yeah. where you... I thought, thought my, our friend Laurel was yeah. up and she was asleep. Yeah. That was yeah. our first podcast episode. Yeah. We talked about that. Yes. So, yeah, he definitely, in my opinion, was seeing a ghost. Um, so she contacted the host asking, you know, if other guests had reported paranormal activity or ghosts at the place. And the host, you know, denied ever having any issues. Not knowing what else to do, she started talking out loud to the ghost. Laura told the ghost that they liked her house. It was beautiful and are leaving soon. So please don't scare the dog and wake us up if you can help it. Her husband, who is a skeptic, but who heard her talking to the ghost, had no issue with it. After what he saw during the night, saying, you know, he was freaked out and seeing the dog was freaked out too. He was like, yeah, go ahead. So after the conversation, they could all tell that the energy was still there in the house with them, but it wasn't menacing or scary. And their dog's behavior went back to normal. So all was well for the rest of their stay. Sometimes that's all you have to do is, I guess. you know, talk to them and let them know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we love your house. Your you house know? is great. After Please all, they are the true host, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So my next story is from Gosha5 in Barrington, Illinois, who also posted on this community, Airbnb.com. Her experience staying in a very haunted Airbnb, this time in Cannes, France. Um, she booked a long weekend, many vacation with her family, and she said it was really hard to find suitable accommodations without a steep price tag. So they just decided to rent this creepy looking villa, which was slightly cheaper very old and way too big for them. She describes walking in and immediately noticing a presence of not one, but many entities in the home. I guess she can really sense things. Uh -huh. She also describes the house having a very foul odor. Her immediate impression was the spirits there were not welcoming. And upon exploring the place, they found an urn with someone's ashes pushed all the way back on the top shelf in one of the bedroom closets. Okay, I'm sorry. If someone's ashes are hanging out in my rental, I'd be calling so fast and saying, um, I think this place is already taken. Yeah. Wait, wait. Did she open the urn to make sure there were ashes inside? I'm sure there were ashes That's inside. That is thing I so done. freaky. You would have opened okay, it? Heck yeah. What's in here? But some of them are like sealed, you know, like well, you'd have to break the seal and then you're you're really unleashing the ghost. Is it ashes or is it drugs? That's what I want. Because, you know, oh. if you're getting... You know, the cops come to your house and they're like, well, we got to look for drugs. Oh, don't look in my urn, please. That's my grandpa's ashes. Well, that's the first place you should go. Oh, you, you're you're thinking like a detective. That's right. Thank you. Well, they found other creepy things, too, tucked in the furniture, including sage. Holly oh, sage. That's a definite earmark for a haunted house. Yeah. Someone else thought the place was haunted and yeah. needed a blessing. Sure. So the place was completely still, almost too quiet. And she describes the walls having this spongy feeling Ew. covered in old fabric wallpaper as if it came off of a 200-year-old lady's dress. Ew. I know. She said the whole family felt strange and they noticed all the windows had iron bars across them. What kind of review did she leave? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, that would be interesting to know. During the night, the house started waking up and making noises. And even though she tried to keep her eyes open, every time, right as they were closing, she felt a gentle depression on the bed near her long hair. Uh, like someone's like got their hand next to her head. Sitting there or something. Oh. 
The next day, in the light of the sun, she said they were all feeling brave. When at noon, a dining room door slammed open, which led to the pool area outside. Her 14-year-old daughter said, well, it could have been the wind. But knowing it was the ghost, she called out, what do you want here? We are here now, inviting the ghost to communicate. Coincidentally, another huge bang was heard right next to them. And knowing now that the ghost was answering, she continued speaking to it. Please, we're here just for two nights. It is your place. Please let us stay. The family decided to spend as much time outside as possible. So they <laughs> gathered by the pool until the way late hours of the night before retiring. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I would be by the pool anyway. Yeah. All the power in the house was on. But for some reason, the next day after checking out, they couldn't get the electric gate to work. Ooh, so the ghost wants you to stay now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they saw the missus in her bathing suit. They were like, huh. You know what? I changed my mind. Yeah. I haven't seen this kind of vision for a while. You guys can stay in heaven. I ob obviously missed the light. So, yeah. Well, maybe the ghost appreciated the fact that the lady was talking to her. I'm sure. It was like, yeah. Finally acknowledging that she's there. Yeah. She's probably just like, um, yeah, somebody get me out of this house and like <laughs> give me a proper place, like on somebody's mantle. Go towards the light. Yes. Towards the light. Yeah, maybe she's like, I always wanted my ashes spread over the ocean. I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> the property manager spoke with them on the phone, though, for an hour and still unable to turn the gate's power back on or find a way to open it. Eventually, she said her husband just took out some parts manually under the gate and then they were able to force it open enough for them to leave. Can you imagine like having to go to that resort to get out of your you know, Airbnb place. And as they drove away, they looked back and there was a woman standing in the window. Er, 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 er. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said it was just this incomparable feel and she's still trying to wash away the smell of the place from her clothes. So oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. Now, reddit.com also is filled with many horror stories. Uh -huh. One story was sent in by Hogwarts underscore Bori about a year ago. And I love that name. You know how like bachelorette party vacations are now a thing among women getting married these days? Well, one bride booked a rustic cabin in Lake Luzerne, New York to celebrate with six of her girlfriends a bachelorette party. Oh, cool. Yeah. The first night they were all gathered around barbecuing dinner with four girls sitting around a table and two right outside the kitchen door. The cabin was described as having a small kitchen that had a table right by the kitchen counter and sink. They weren't drunk yet, only <laughs> each just having one shot that a friend who was a bartender made utilizing a cocktail shaker. Okay. She describes remembering that the top of the shaker was left right by the cocktail shaker on the counter. Suddenly, the shaker top flies across the room, sailing about five feet in the distance, and they all saw it. At first, her brain, in order to make it logical, thinks her friend standing outside the door threw it. But she knew that the shaker top was on the counter, I nowhere think, near her friend. I think it was Jessica. I think she's pissed because she's having an affair with the groom. And she's just like, no, I don't want this wedding to happen. I'm going to throw it at the bride. <laughs> Some passive aggressiveness right. coming around. Yeah. 
Everyone there appeared really shaken up about what happened and started shaking asking, up because of the salt shaker. No, get it? But I'm pumped. Did you like how I wrote that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I'm glad you jumped on that uh, one. Yeah. And they all started asking questions about what they just saw. And then realizing it was probably a ghost all ran outside screaming. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of girls, it doesn't does, it? It does. Um, you know, I would do the same thing. They could not explain it. And there was no gusts of air from anywhere. And it didn't just slide off, but was actually thrown. It, it just seemed like, like somebody threw it. Uh-huh. They tried to ignore it and have a good time. And for the rest of the trip, there didn't seem to be much else that she herself witnessed. However, two of her friends later claimed that they heard low, deep voices coming from the TV, which interrupted their Netflix show. Oh. Yes. After returning from her trip, she tried to read the reviews to see of other haunted experiences. But of course, she herself didn't leave one regarding the cabin. Most people are reluctant to leave a review like that because... People, when you're doing a lot of haunted reviews, think you're just trying to get a free stay right. out of it. Yeah. If you are curious to book the place and see for yourself, it is called Cabin in the Woods in Lake Luzerne, New York. You know, Airbnb should do a haunted portion for people that are interested in ghost hunting. Mm-hmm, they really should. So if you're a homeowner that you know your place is haunted, you could put it on haunted Airbnb. I bet you that would be popular. I bet people would would go book places knowing full well you have to do a silent disclaimer saying that, oh, gosh, if I get possessed or the ghost tries to kill me, I'm not going to come after the homeowners. But then they can go try out these different buildings or cabins or wherever it is and see what they experience. I think that sounds like a fabulous idea. I think so, too. I would love that. Airbnb, call me. Yeah. Call Holly's. Yeah, it's going to be great. And uh, so this next haunted Airbnb has ghost hunters raving about all the paranormal activity they pick up on their equipment and voice recorders. Many visitors experience paranormal events at the Charles Beck House, a beautiful Victorian home dating back to 1885. The home is located in the town of Penetang in Ontario, Canada. Those who book their stay in apartments 301 or 302 have experienced hearing knocks on walls, seeing orbs, and have described feeling the spirit's energy as being very pleasant and welcoming. If you love ghosts that are friendly and you want the chance for paranormal activity, this is the place you should book. The historic Beck house once was owned by the lumber baron Charles Beck, his wife, and nine children. It is an incredibly large home having a unique feature of a slate roof and, of course, also very haunted. The apartment is self-contained on the third floor and requires walking up a long flight of stairs. It has a functioning kitchen and two bedrooms. In reading some of the reviews, Luke, who stayed there in the summer of 2022, just recently, said he would definitely be going back again and saw a doll in the green room move, wherever that is in the house. Blair, who was on her second time staying at the Beck house in December of 2021, said she was in apartment 301 when a torrential windstorm made the whole ambience extra spooky. Yeah, she said the power went out and then they um, at that time received lots of incredible responses on their spirit box session. 
She might have it posted now on the Blarick Project YouTube channel, and I'll try to post a link and credits for those who are interested in what they might have captured. Gerald, who also was renting both 301 and 302 the weekend of December 4th, 2021, said on the first night, the bed sheet moved on its own and he felt something touch the back of his head like being tucked in for the night. Oh, How cute is that? It's probably a motherly ghost. It, it sounds like it. They also had the fan on and several times the air movement was interrupted as if something solid was standing right in front of it. Oh. That oh. is super freaky. Yeah. These next few stories are not necessarily paranormal, but they are just as horrifying and will leave you with a, hmm, I think I will just be doing a staycation this year <laughs> kind of feeling. Okay. A property owner noticed that his home was on Airbnb, but he had never signed up nor hosted <laughs> anyone even once. That's great. Yeah. This was a regular run-of-the-mill homeowner who saw his primary residence listed on Airbnb by someone else. Huh. Imagine coming home to find guests waiting for you with suitcases in tow oh my for an Airbnb you never were aware of. <laughs> a definite nightmare. And even more horrifying for the guest. Tired for their long commute to find out they've been swindled <laughs> and they have nowhere to stay. Oh my God. That is just awful. That is awful. Yes. Always, you know, make sure you're on the actual Airbnb website, people. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Don't fall for like scammers. Posted by Mad Z Lee on Ask Reddit, one host said they rented their holiday cabin out to earn some extra cash and came back to a horrendous smell of death, Ooh. not knowing how else to describe it except a stinking pile of decay. They found six dead deer dragged underneath their house <gasps> and propped up all to look demonic. What? Yes. Of course, they did finally admit it was rented out to five 20-year-old boys. Oh, I mean, geez. you know, boys will be boys. Five 20-year-old Satanist boys. Yes, with, <laughs> with guns, you know. Um, but she says she really wants to know what exactly happened. Because, oh. um, you know, why would you just leave the deer under there? I could see, you know, yeah, they must have forgot their deer. I would have put a definite age uh, living on my, like you have to be 35 or older yeah. <laughs> to rent. To, to rent. <laughs> yeah. So one person who posted their story, um, and they go by CKP010, said they used to work for Airbnb and their job was to meet with hosts and talk about their experience. The stories told were shocking. And one guy said that he had to call the cops on someone who had locked himself in a room he was renting and would not come out for days, not even for food. When the cops finally came and got him to leave, the host found bird feathers everywhere. What? He was mystified where they were coming from <laughs> until he opened the closet door. What he saw next was even more horrifying. There was blood everywhere and even more feathers smeared all over the wall as if rituals were being done. Ew. Like sacrificing chickens rituals. Oh. That is so gross. It is. Like, so nasty. So are they doing this at an Airbnb because they don't want to possess their own house with a demon? Is that the idea? We'll just go rent a place and then do it. And put they the don't have to do house? the cleanup either. Ew. I mean, maybe. Whoa. My last story was submitted on Reddit forum three years ago by B-O-O-B. 
5150. Boob 5150. Oh, you would have to just say it. <laughs> B-O-O-B. Boobie. Or is it boo? B5150. <laughs> he talks about visiting his girlfriend's family in Indiana, and they decided to rent out an Airbnb that it was a nice, cheap little place, describing it as looking decorated from the 90s and even having VHS movies. What? Hooray! Did they VHS have Vinyl Marker Player too? I don't know, but like it had the wood paneling. And yeah, yeah, sweet. Oh, yeah. They get to the place late at night, and as they were unpacking, he goes to plug in his cell phone to charge overnight. They were so exhausted from driving 13 hours and noticed they were in a remote location with no outside noises. So he put on a white noise app, set an alarm for the morning, and fell right to sleep. He describes dreaming about a group of his friends around him by a door that led to a basement. In the dream, one of his friends opens the door and he hears a voice, get out, as his friends descended the stairs into a pitch black basement. He wakes up thinking he hears something saying, get out, in his bedroom. But because he was so tired and scared, he just fell asleep again and was woken up a few hours later to use the bathroom, at which time he checks to see if his phone was charging. And yes, he said it was at almost a full battery. At the time, he said it was around 4 a.m. And he's back laying in his bed, staring at the ceiling, trying to fall asleep again, and sees that the light was left on in the bathroom. As he sees the outline of the shadow of the door from the light... He registers that he sees the light flickering as if something is walking right in front of it. Uh. Being too tired to make sense of it all, the next day he and his girlfriend wake up, realizing that the white noise app wasn't playing anymore. He also grabbed his phone and his cell phone was dead. The charger was completely pulled out of the wall. Huh. He must have been restlessly sleeping, huh? Can't call for help. No. They decide to run an errand to the store to get some food for the week. Upon returning, he goes and uses the bathroom but can't find his girlfriend. Uh-oh. Yes. After searching the whole place, he finds her standing out in the garage. There was no mention of the garage in the Airbnb listing. Huh. The garage floor, Holly, has two air mattresses fully filled with air a mudroom door that's nailed shut, and then another door. A door he just knows in his gut goes to a basement. Uh-uh. Are you scared yet? Yes. I'm getting scared. I'm just scared. telling it. His girlfriend is just standing staring at that door when he walks in. And it gives him the willies because as she goes to open the door, he yells at her, do not open the door. Because he just has that really bad feeling because of his dream. Yeah. Um, it's just like all good Scooby-Doo episodes. <laughs> Velma. She just opens it anyway. Oh, yeah, Velma. Yeah, way Velma. <laughs> She's not afraid of anything. Yeah. And just as she opens it, she slams it really quickly. She looks at him. She's completely pale. And she's like, there's a bunch of lights on down there. The rest of the time, they just stay away from the garage but they did take notice of what lights were left on and what doors were left open to certain rooms uh -huh. because every time when they were gone and then came back, 
They'd be different. They would notice different lights on and different doors opening and closed. Uh, I wouldn't stay. Why would you stay? No, because obviously to me, somebody's staying in that basement yeah. under the garage. Yeah. And coming into their place. Yeah. Going that is their just shit. creepy as hell. Going through their shit. Yeah. And neither one wanted to scare the others. So they just kept quiet about what they were thinking oh, shit. Fuck that. and experiencing until they got home. His girlfriend said that she would see a black shadowy figure of a man in the same place where then he confessed he saw a white spectral like feminine energy. Huh. She also said when she opened the door to the basement at the time, she felt this heavy pressure escape right past her. Or into her, Holly. Oh my God, is she possessed? Oh my God. Later, yes. She had an intense obsession to go back to that door and down into that basement. It was like something was calling her Ew. to go down there. Nope. nope. Whatever was in that Airbnb, though, also followed them home. Oh, no. Yes. No, no. Yes, because just a few short weeks later... After they got home, they started noticing odd things. Oh, God. His girlfriend was gone one day, and he was in the house by himself, except for his girlfriend's five cats. You would like her. Five oh, cats. I do like her. And she had a bunny. I like her. Yeah. Um, She had two couches, and he was sitting on one, and then there was another couch across from him with a huge stuffed teddy bear. <laughs> While he was looking at it, this teddy bear released the biggest ugliest fart he had ever heard <laughs> now that part was kind of funny right like it, i just laughed when i i heard that too um thinking it was the dog and then remembering there was no dog why do people think dogs are the only things that fart because they cats are. can fart no anyway he checked for the cats to see if someone um somehow you know one of them was responsible but there were no cats around so the next incident came the following weekend they had gone out to pick up a pizza for carryout at a place nearby. And when they pull in her driveway and get out, he hears a distinct voice saying his name. His girlfriend's home is described as being near the woods. And it is the kind of woods you would imagine in a horror story. Uh -huh. So he said it was really an obvious woman's voice. And he asked his girlfriend if she heard the voice, but she didn't hear it. Yeah, because she's possessed. Yeah, because well, no. it's probably her voice she's throwing it. Yeah, and I don't think it's somebody else. <clears throat> no, I don't know. I'm just joking. I, I really don't know if she is. I hope not. There were other paranormal things happening, too, in the house, like cabinet doors opening on its own and lights turning on and off. Weird energy, they said, would stalk them at night, watching them while they slept. Ugh. You can read more about their experiences. It goes on and on in the feed at the link provided in the credits. Oh, good. And that is... Some haunted Airbnb stories for you so they're for just, Halloween. They're continuing to be haunted by this thing, or did they ever get any resolution? No, they're continuing to be haunted. Oh, God. Well, that is something to consider. If you go rent an Airbnb or a VRBO, you just never know whose energy field you're walking into or what has happened in that building before. So yeah. you really have to take that into consideration. I suppose you could do the same thing in a hotel. But right. Yeah. And just keep in mind, too, people aren't aren't really going to leave bad reviews. A lot of them don't because they don't want well, a, a people, bad review back either. Well, yeah. And a lot of people also don't believe in ghosts. And so if they right, things they are don't. happening to them, they're like, I don't know what that is. Whatever. 
Yeah, or they're just not <clears throat> sensitive to it like right. other people are. Yeah. But yeah. Well, those were good stories. Oh, thank you thank so you. much. It thank was you. really fun researching it. Yeah, I bet. Make sure you get your Halloween costumes picked out early this year because they're going to sell out. So come on, get it done. Get it done. <laughs> All right. Good night, guys. Good night. I'm very good. I'm. Hey. God damn it, Carlos. Stop it. The canoe eventually floated to the other side of the lake. Uh, blah, 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 blah. But the dog was still restless and would not lie down in his little doggy bed. Oh, I kept... know how that feels, huh, Carlos? <laughs> yeah, Carlos. Are you listening? <laughs> this girl's bachelorette. Power... Okay. I got to say that again. And one bride to be booked. Um, oh, why did I say one, bi- one bride to be booked? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I amaze me. Going to the chapel. And, and I'm getting I'm booked. Going to get booked. <laughs> As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.